Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Thursday, September 17th, 2015, and this is the ride. Welcome everybody. Hey, I wanted to get right into this today. I got some fresh new word blasting through my mind and I'd like to have you hear some of it and then we're going to talk about it. Cool beans? So stand by, we're going to get ready for some Max from 1 John chapter 2. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, this is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. First John 2. Alright. If you haven't heard Max before, read the Word of God. Isn't that awesome? I don't know, man. It's like I could listen to that all day long. And it's in the morning I do quite a bit of that. <clears throat> and I just can't get enough. And I love hearing him speak and read the word to me because it confirms you know what I've you know the the truth that I already have inside of me from having read the word before it just further it's like building a foundation every row of brick on every other row of brick and it just solidifies my resolve and when I hear you know I was listening to uh, going through the Johns, first through third this morning. And in a little bit, I want to have 
us listen to a little bit from 1 John chapter 3 because if you recall a while back I made a comment about how we ought to not just hang out listening to the milk of the word and doing the milk of the word but start chawing down some of the meat and this next chapter has some meat for us it's a challenging chapter and those who have read it know what I'm talking about but we're going to touch on it in a little bit you know I've been a Christian for most of my life and there are parts of the walk of faith that I find to be fairly easy to do and there are certain things that I find very difficult to do and it's the difficult things and, and you know what I'm talking about and it's the difficult things that we try to skirt around I don't know or we try to choose and and focus on the scriptures that we don't have a problem with and kind of skirt around the ones that we that really challenge us or, or would convict us and somehow we rationalize things away and so we're going to take a look at something that's uh, for me it's a, it's a tough thing but we all need to hear it it's from the Word of God verbatim baby so we'll check that out in a little bit but something that was really cool uh, if you were listening to yesterday's podcast you'll remember that I was talking about how the Lord gets glory even when we are wanting to seek him and for the reason of giving him glory it's kind of a a circle of life kind of thing you know we want to bring glory to God and we want to seek him so that we can do that better and even the seeking brings glory to him you know what I'm saying well yesterday I, I went to talk to my son who's a, a gamer an online gamer and uh, uh, we were talking about homework and stuff and I noticed that he had a game up on his computer and I couldn't make out everything about it but something disturbed me because I could see uh, uh, you know the character one of the characters in the game it was some kind of a role-playing game and I was not appreciating the level of dress that one of the female characters had and if parents if you don't know what's going on in the gaming industry you better get wise soon just telling you right now games have come very far and will continue to go down a path that can really trap the uninitiated <laughs> so I I mentioned to him hey you know um tell me a little bit about this game and he explained it and you know you already know me that I have a I have a problem with certain games that um, have occult themes and we just don't go there uh, and maybe someday we'll take a look at what scripture says about that but maybe that can be some homework for you is if you don't know that that the scripture is talking about uh, spells and and things like that and and things that have the appearance of witchcraft and we need to avoid them and not be of the world uh, you need to be looking into the word and see what it says about that but anyway I, I wanted to know more about the game and I asked you know what about these characters you know what you're able to play as 
this female that has barely any clothes on? And he said, yeah. He says, but we, I don't play as that. I said, well, that's good, but are you playing against other players who might be playing as a female character? And he said, yes. And I said, you know what I have to say about that, right? And he said, yes. And I said, well, let's take care of it. And before I was even done saying that, he had deleted the game off his computer. Now, yesterday, I was talking about how what our kids can do can bring glory to us. And that right there brought glory to me. And I didn't have to tell you guys about it, but I felt that it was important too. And, you know, we're not perfect. My kids aren't perfect. I'm not perfect. But letting you know something cool like that I think is important and and I seriously seriously believe that a lot of the, a lot of what he did was not because I've been so hard-nosed with him because I'm pretty much not but because I've been praying for him I've been praying that I'd be a good dad to him I've been praying that he is able to hear the the voice of the Lord and the spirit in his life and that's not to say that he doesn't revolt against dad because I'm, you know, I don't understand things and, you know, he does and, you know, he's a teenager. And so, you know, I still deal with some of that. And, and some of that's just a natural growth thing that teens go through. And I'm still learning. But it just it made me feel like my prayers have been answered at least at that one little point of his life because I know what a trap that that particular kind of imagery can have in a young person's life and I don't want him to be stuck in a trap so anyway that's a little digression but I thought it would be good to share that I was very proud of um, the maturity that he showed um, at 14 so uh, anyway so also, remember how I was talking about milk and the meat of the word? Well, I want to have us take a listen to 1 John chapter 3 in its entirety, I think. And as we do this, if you want to pull up your Bible, because, you know, remember, I've been, I've been encouraging you guys to pull up the Word of God when we're, when we're listening, if you can. If you're... Uh, you know, in in uh, study, research, um, delving mode. If you're in the delving mode right now, get that word open. First John chapter three, and we're gonna we're gonna listen to Max read it to us. But right now, Lord, we pray that the Spirit of God, that is living in the Word of God, flies off these pages into our heart right now so we can truly hear your voice speaking to us because your voice doesn't change and the words that were put into the author of this book are the same words that you're speaking to us today so lord help us to understand what you are speaking in jesus name we pray amen all right let me get my tech together here here we go see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, 
Now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. And this is His command, to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as He commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in Him and He in them. And this is how we know that He lives in us. We know it by the Spirit He gave us. Alright. So, I don't know about you, and I, you know, I'm not writing this down as I'm hearing it, but if you want to know what the Word is saying to you, you might try to do what, what I'm going to recommend, and that is, I find that when I hear or when I'm reading the Word, and I and I come across a chapter like that, there are these nuggets throughout, and it, I can picture the the outline of of the information kind of. You know, there's a number of things in that chapter that are really challenging and and hard for me anyway. 
to swallow. You know, the things that talk about... Now, first of all, we talk... It's, the sin issue is brought up. And I can't recall if it was that chapter or the one before, but it, it talks about Christ being our advocate. So the sin thing has a solution. It's Jesus Christ. But if you keep on sinning, the the Spirit of the Lord isn't in you or isn't of you or what it, that's a hard thing to take and you know if I'm if I'm outlining all the things that would have been one of the things I write down is that you know this is a key thing to remember the Spirit of the Lord doesn't have the sin nature and we've been born of the Spirit so therefore our new you know we're a new creation old things are passed away behold all things have become new for us so the spirit man, our new spirit self, isn't desiring to do sin. What's, what's the problem in this situation is our mind hasn't been fully renewed yet. So we end up sinning because we fall back into old habits. But the scripture here, and this is the, the meat of the word, guys and gals, is that it's a slippery slope if you continue to live in ways that you justify your sin. The Spirit of God is not of that. So we're not operating in the Spirit like we ought to be. And it was harsh. I mean, were you hearing that? That was a harsh, harsh thing to hear. You know, I thought that we were okay, saved by grace and all that, and yet if we're operating in a sin that we kind of justify as, well, you know, God's going to forgive me all the time. Scripture right there is telling me that I'm operating kind of in a, in a spirit of antichrist. It's, a, it's not, and it makes sense. I mean, come on. It makes sense. The spirit of Christ will have nothing to do with sin. Yet, if we are actively engaging in our little pet, sin... That part of our life is, is of the spirit of Antichrist. In the, in the chapter before, it was talking about the... I'm not talking about the Antichrist. I'm talking about the spirit of Antichrist, which is of all around us. It's active in the world today. It has been from the, from the, the moment Christ was on earth. It actually was active ever since the fall of Satan. But when, we, when you go through that chapter, in fact, I'm going to go through this later when I can actually sit down and write things down because this is a hard chapter for me. But it's, it's a nice, convicting chapter. It reminds me that, you know, whenever I hear something like this that really convicts you and challenges us to live according to the Spirit and not the flesh, the great thing about it is the fact that it's challenging you just like what Jesus said to the prostitute when he said, go and sin no more, leave your life of sin. These confrontational meet chapters and commands tell me, basically they're telling me that I can live in a way that's pleasing to God and that's not engaging in this sin behavior that I had been involved with for so long. It tells me there, there is hope 
that there is actually this new realm. There's a realm out there. And it's not that we hype ourselves up and we just beat ourselves with rods and, you know, take our flesh to submission and stuff. No, we submit our flesh to the Spirit of the Lord. It's not our own doing that causes us to want to be obedient, except for the fact that we're asking the Lord for His help and and we're renewing our mind day by day to recognize this stuff. I mean, I could have done without bringing this chapter up to our understanding and to our eyes today. I could have avoided it and prolonged our ability to live a 98% Christian life. But we need to be all in. You push all your chips to the middle of the table. Either God is for you or he is against you. And God is against sin. So I don't want a little part of my life that I'm engaging in my little pet sin, I don't want that to be the part I withhold from God because he can't be part of that. Well, I need to, I need to, we all need to have God fully with us. I want my prayers to be unhindered. Did you notice that in there too, it talked about that he's hearing the prayers. He is, I, I wish I had written all this stuff down. I apologize, you guys, but this is off the cuff, you know. But you guys can write it down. See, I take all the pressure off me, I put it on you. <laughs> the Lord is hearing the prayers of the righteous. I don't want to be 98% righteous. All in. Chips in the middle of the table. For those who don't know poker, that means you are betting everything on the hand you've got. And the hand that I've got is Jesus Christ. I'm betting everything on him. I'm unwavering. And so this chapter 3 of 1 John is challenging my flesh. And don't you know, we need that. We absolutely need that. If the Word of God didn't do that, and it didn't really challenge, and it was weak, and it didn't actually do anything, then what the heck are we doing? It's like going to a training class. And Anyone ever go to a training class? I, you know, I'm in a line of work where you, at times, would even travel to some place and take a one-week training for technical stuff or management stuff or whatever. Don't you hate it when you have to go away from your family and you do this training and you don't learn a thing because all this stuff is just rehashed, same old, same old. And it's like, man, you could have just given me three videos to watch on YouTube and I would have known more than, than spending a week here doing this. Well, you don't want the Word of God to return void. You don't want it to just placate our fleshly desires and not challenge you. What's the point? So here's the point. Those things in the Word of God that do challenge us, that are like the meat, that take a little bit to digest, that go counter to what we really feel comfortable doing, man, we should probably heed those things all the more, don't you think? When we look at people in the Word of God, that really the Lord used, and you look at Paul and the disciples and the apostles, 
and even people all through history that have had a real call on, uh, from the Lord and accomplished much and brought glory to God. And we want to mimic that. We really do because it, it does so much more than what we can do in our own strength. And if we catch the vision of an eternal, the eternal, and things that matter in the eternal rather than just the earthly things that burn up and get rusty, if we can grab a hold of those things, we, we want to seek after those things. And we know the only way that's possible is if we're living according to the will of God. The only way that's possible if, is if we reject the flesh and the desires of the flesh. And I'll tell you, if you're, if you're saying to me right now, dude, I've tried to do that for my whole entire life and I can't seem to do that. Can I say to you that maybe, just maybe, what you're using to try to accomplish that is the wrong tool. God said that we can live 100% Christian, not 98. But we need to be all in. If he says that we can do it, I believe that we can do it. I believe the only way we can do it, though, is if we get to the end of ourself. Just like I talked about yesterday, we need to get to the end of ourself and then seek the power from on high to, to, to uh, have a successful life, a victorious life. We need to get to the end of ourselves. Get over yourself. <laughs> Is it possible? You better believe it. Have I gotten there yet? No. But I will continue to tell you that you can, as I tell myself that I can. And is that being hypocritical? No, it's not. Because I see in the... I have a faith eyeballs. I can see what God has said as truth. And I can see it in my life a little bit more every day. A little bit more every day. A little bit more every day. So I speak things out that maybe aren't fully there yet, but as though they are. It's prophetic speaking, if you think about it. And Jesus did it. He said, you'll cut down this body, but I will basically be raised again. Was Jesus being hypocritical by saying something that wasn't that hadn't come to pass at that moment in time? No, he was being prophetic. And in, and actually, he was not being hypocritical because he was speaking the truth. He was just outside of the time constraint. So for you in your life, no matter what you're dealing with, but we're talking about this challenge of not living the 98% Christian life. You can speak in ways that declare yourself living the fully Christian life, even though there are days we miss it. Or maybe every day we miss it. I'm not keeping score. God's the one that's the scorekeeper. I'm living under grace, so if I miss it, I dust off, stand up, and keep on going and declare that the Lord is my strength and that I can make 
I can make a 100% Christian life. I don't have to be bound by sin. God says I don't need to be. And you don't need to be. And declaring that fact is not hypocritical. Declaring that by faith, it's like you can step outside of time and see the reality of our situation. Our spiritual situation is beyond our day-to-day timed world. There is no 24-hour chunks in the Spirit. Let us live with the knowledge that we can live 100% Christian lives, that we do not need to be bound by the sin problem. We know that we're covered by the finished work of Jesus Christ and that we have grace that covers us and we confess our sins one to another and get outside of condemnation absolutely and know that the enemy cannot condemn us. But my prayer at this point, and I encourage you guys to have a prayer like this, is that the Lord will help us in the renewing of our mind so that we understand that we do not have to make these sinful, silly mistakes any longer. And that we can live in a way where our prayers aren't hindered. I I see that for us. I see that for all of us. I see it being a major change. It's just a little tweak with your thinking, but it changes everything. So that's my encouragement to us all today, is that 98% Christian isn't good enough. 100% is what we need, and 100% is probably not attainable if you're doing it in your own strength. I guess you'd probably be lucky if you got that good on your own strength. This is all dependent on the Lord. And that's why I'm so adamant about how us, how we stay grounded in the Word and get that feeding us every day and, and that we're praying and conversing and communicating with God the Father every day. Because really that is changing lives Okay, so I pretty much nailed that one. So the next thing I wanted to say is, you know this thing I was talking about as far as far as how in the spirit it's it's outside of time. It's not bound by time. And so I might I don't know if this is a controversial thing or not, but I've mentioned this in casts before that I believe that when we pray, we're tapping into the spirit realm obviously. But the spirit realm is not bound by time. So I've always felt like when I'm praying and seeking the Lord that I can pray for things that have already happened. I know that seems weird. You know, if some tragedy occurred in the past, I believe that I can pray I know this is weird, but I really believe that I can pray and the righteous prayer avails much, even if it's something that happened in the past. Now, is that weird? I picture God, I don't know if you've seen this, it's a Pixar short. I can't remember what movie it was on, but it's the one where the the uh, 
the mature and the immature aliens in the spaceship were hovering over a farmhouse in rural America. You remember the one? And and you had this in this UFO you had all of these switches that controlled, you know, the guy in the farmhouse and his movements and controlled everything. You know the one. I kind of have pictured God in heaven with a switchboard there. Outside of time and space. And he's got all these switches and, and he can do anything. He's omnipotent. And there's a there's a circuit in his little switchboard. That's an override. I'll get to the override in just a minute, but he's up there and he's outside of time. Those switches he's you know, affecting and calling angels to go minister to this person and uh, you know controlling the the Red Sea so that it will rise up and the and the Hebrew children can walk through on dry land and the miracles that are performed by Elisha and Elijah. There are these other switches and all of these things all through time and, it, and God's at it right now. And I've, I really have a picture of us being able to pray and the Lord hearing our prayers and answering our prayers even though the thing is in the past and in the future. I mean, t- we're not he's not bound by time. So, you know, praying for our kids' future. Praying for long health and long long life for our children and ourselves, whatever. It's not bound by time. So, I don't know, that's just a little bit of a of a a way how I see things, I guess. And I know that's kind of weird to think because we are bound by time to think that we could pray for something that occurred in the past that there would be a different outcome. Because we've already seen the outcome that we wanted to challenge. I don't know. It's just how my brain works. Maybe it's just an opinion. I don't, but I don't, I really don't think so. I think, I think that the spiritual realm is way more than we give it credit for. But do you back to the story of the switchboard, I mentioned something about a there's a circuit in there. I can almost picture a couple circuits. God's all powerful, omnip- omnipotent. But he created us with a free will. There's a circuit in there. He, he's got all these switches. And you can have angels ministering to you, coming to your aid in a time of trouble in your life. And he can, you know, 
speak to you with that quiet voice and give you wisdom. But there's a circuit in there that's governed not by his side of the equation, but by our side of the equation. Because the angels could minister, his sweet, small voice could be speaking to us. But our will can choose to block that. And our obedience or lack of that can block that. It says so right in that chapter. As far as the prayer and if it can accomplish what it needs to accomplish. The obedience was part of that equation. I look at it in terms of circuitry because of what I do for a living. That it can do everything. It's like a computer that's programmed to do anything. But if you don't have it plugged in, it's not going to work for you. I'm saying that the prayers... Our, our conversation with the Lord is hindered when we're not at the 100% wanting to follow Him. Now, note, note how I said that, because we really need to be 100% wanting to be all in. We still miss it, okay? We're human, we still miss it at times. But it's our heart attitude that's important. But that 98% Christian it's got those little pet things on the side here, and those things aren't in, those things aren't all in with the Lord. Those things are kept back, and that's a danger. And those things help to hinder that communication with our Lord. So the Lord's all powerful, but that circuit in there, that free will that we have, can stand in the way of God's will in our life. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, so even if you're not into electronics, I think you get the gist. I think. So 98% Christianity, no longer. You have within you the spirit of the living and breathing God. You have a conduit to God the Father over all things. And Jesus Christ has been given authority over all things. Therefore, you have authority over all things. Even over your own mind and your own thinking that needs to be renewed. You have authority over that. Your spirit man, your renewed man, your new creation person has authority over that. That's exciting news. That's good news. That's gospel news. You ready to live it? Let's go all in. Let's go all in. And we'll see the changes in our lives. We'll see that the will of God starts becoming more and more concrete in our life. Believe me, I, I believe that's what will happen. We will see the path we are to take all the more clearly. So let's do that today, okay? So we'll stay in the Word and live in peace with our fellow man. And we will lift up and pray for those that persecute us. And we will put our chips all in. Because the days are evil and we need not be. Alright? So I can't wait for the next time we can get together. In the meantime, stay in that word and read it. Write it down. Get it in your heart. And I will see you on the flip. <laughs>